Hey, I'm Michael Dorinda. And I'm Jake Bennett. And welcome to episode 99 of the North Meet South Web podcast. Almost there, almost at our centennial. Is it a centennial? Is that what it's called? Like the hundredth? Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. indeed. Yes, we're almost at our centennial episode. So exciting, exciting times. Yep, last uh, last one before we hit 100. And you know what, honestly, I've been thinking about as we've been uh, doing this podcast is I think that we need new intro music. And then I think second of all, because you love it when I change <laughs> intro music. And then second of all, I want to uh, integrate a soundboard. You know, we're going to do like oh, yeah. sound effects like Adam Wadden saying, I'm not the cops or... You know, I'm not the cops. Or some, you know, I've office a, I've quotes a GIF, or something. an animated GIF know. of that. Yeah. Did you, did you him, make it? Of him did you make saying I'm GIF? not the cops. Yeah, I made a GIF. Uh, not the cops and the other one, what is he doing? They're good. I'll see if I can dig them up and send them to you. I'll put them in the, in the show notes. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. So we, uh, we have a short show today, folks, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we got started a little bit late and I have to get up early tomorrow and... Michael's in his, I asked him if there were his Christmas jammies. I don't know why. Just because it looks like he's in his pajamas. Because he's in his hoodie, or not his hoodie. He's in his Lakers jacket jacket. and his his, uh, beanie. Yeah, it was more like I was trying to like insinuate you looked all like all cozy. Yeah, more than enough. I I certainly am. Yeah, I had the heater on in here. I've got my little blanket on my lap. You need that uh, avocado thing. Uh, the Udi. The Udi. An avocado Udi. That's the a shade. Yeah. Yes. 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 Yeah, yes. I need I need something. It's just so cold. And it's not really I mean, I had to I got to the point where it was that cold that I had to do it, but I don't like having the heater on just in one room. It just seems pointless. Yeah. Especially because it uses so much electricity. Yeah. I whether I it's get in that. one room or the whole house. Yeah. Totally. I hear you, man. I hear you. I hate turning on this stuff. It's like I'd rather just bundle up or, uh, you know, turn a fan on or something like that instead of running the AC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, I'm with you. I'm a cheapo when it comes to air conditioning, but I do like to be comfortable. <laughs> so I, I suck it up and pay for it. Yep. Um, yeah, today we uh, sat by the pool. It was great. So we had July 4th yesterday. And uh, so we did um, fireworks and stuff the day before that. So July 3rd is always my daughter's transplant anniversary. So her seventh transplant oh, yes. anniversary this year. So that was pretty exciting. So my daughter very got good. a liver transplant when she was really young and she's doing really awesome. And we're always very thankful for that. So just a time to celebrate July 4th fireworks, all that good stuff. And then today we had the day off. It was like the uh, observed holiday today. So we got an extra mm-hmm. day off. And so it was really nice just to be able to hang out uh, around the pool today with the fam and, you know, read some books and just hang out. It was fun. It was really fun. So yeah, good. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What did you guys do? Anything that's been anything going fun on this weekend? Us? No, we had a, we had a, <laughs> we had a quiet weekend. We had nothing planned this weekend. So we decided, um, we had, we had done some reading about toilet training. This oh yeah. Obviously Ooh, not fun. programming. Yeah, no, we, no problems. We had done some reading that, that some people do this like expert mode thing where they, they just put the kid in undies and then and see how it goes. Let them, yeah. Let them, you know, soil themselves until they <laughs> make the connection and they stop soiling themselves. <laughs> so we figured we're not doing anything for two days. Let's give this a go. Yeah. And we sat Eli down and we said, now if you need to go wheeze or poos, let us know and we can go to the potty or we can go. He's got like a little step to get on the, the big boy toilet. And we're like, okay, no worries. He was all right with that. And we put him in the undies. He picked out his his undies that he wanted to wear. And I said, "Now, nah, if you need to go, please, Louise, they're you let bluey us know. undies, aren't they? Yep, no worries. 
there are cars on these. Oh, these okay. Ones. He did have the option of bluey, but he chose cars. Yeah, got it. Got it. So, um, yep, no worries. I'll let you know, kind of thing. Five minutes later, I'm like, "What's this?" I'm like, "No." He lasted all of five minutes before he cracked his dax. Um, so it was like we had to very carefully get them off him, and he's like squirming. He squirms when it's snappy change time, mostly because it annoys me, and I think like he does things. Because he knows they mm-hmm. get a reaction, mm-hmm. so sure. he's like squirming. I'm trying to get the these undies off. Fortunately, the undies uh, encapsulated the the mess, and uh, it was decided that we would just throw those undies out into the bin. Like we're not not washing them. So yeah, that was a failed experiment, and uh, so we put him back in a nappy, and that's where we left it. <laughs> nice. And so he'll get it. He'll get it pretty quick, man. That's uh. You know, mm-hmm. I know we, I think I remember us doing similar things and it just depends on the kid too. It's like, it's, I remember the mm-hmm. one, our one daughter, it was like, Hey, you know, we're going to try this. And she's like, okay. I don't think she, I mean, she maybe had like one accident and that was like it. And then she just never had any problems after that. It was pretty amazing. So yeah, that's good. Yeah. Anyways. Um, yeah. So you were asking what's going on on this side of things. We are right now, hmm. we are right in the middle of figuring out who we're going to make offers to for development stuff. So we've got like four or five really good candidates, which has been awesome. I've talked to all these folks um, on the phone, which is good. Sort of we do like a, our, our hiring process is like we put our job description out there. We filter out candidates based on like resume and uh, work experience and then give them a phone call. Like, Hey, the first thing we can do is like, we just literally set up like a 20 minute phone call just to like talk and screen out crazy people right so if you can't have like a 20 minute conversation without it being awkward or uncomfortable it's like not likely that you're going to enjoy working with those people every day you know so Mm -hmm. so that's Mm -hmm. like our first call so filtered from that list of people down to like a, a list of like four or five people so now what i'm doing is i need to finalize my scoped project that i'm going to send off to them so uh we had previously done like these little uh, code challenges, which were very simple. It was just like, basically, do you know how to use PHP, right? It was like, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, this very simple task that you had to do that would take maybe, you know, 20 minutes, maybe 20, something like that. And, uh, that Mm -hmm. was fine because I didn't feel too bad about asking somebody to do that as a part of a job interview process, but I found it to be insufficient to actually do any real screening, right? So now what we do is we actually will do a paid project. So we'll scope out a piece of work that we would typically have one of our in-house developers do that covers sort of a broad range of things that we do here. And then we'll actually pay them uh, to complete that project as if they were a contractor. Uh, And then what I do is they submit a pull request. I get a chance to see like how they do commit history. So like how is, you know, are they, do they have two big Mm -hmm. chunked commits? Do they actually have meaningful commit messages? Do they just whip everything? You know, what sort of tests are they writing? Do they do dust tests mm-hmm. and unit tests and integration tests and all that? Or do they just do unit tests? Like, what is, what's that look like? Uh, you know, how are, they, how are they interacting with requests? Do they put their validation logic inside the controller? Or do they put it in form requests? Uh, what about, do they know how to use Nova? Do they know how to use actions inside of Nova? Do they know how to integrate a package into, into using Nova and, and to spell out an Excel sheet, right? So um, I try and cover a lot of, a, a lot of stuff but nothing that's too complicated. It's more like just, do you know how to glue the pieces together? And then secondly, do you kind of code generally in line with best practices? So it's about like a 10 hour project. And, um, 
then I just like basically set a budget and say like, here's how much we're willing to pay. And then, uh, you know, for like to find, you know, through this part of the process. So I've got like, you know, a few thousand dollars to basically go through this part of the process. So I just kind of parcel that up, figure out how many people I want to do the test and here's how much it's, here's how much it is. And here's how much I'm going to pay you per hour sort of deal. And then see how the results come in. So I'm excited about that. So I've got, uh, that's going out tomorrow to the folks who I've narrowed it down to. And I'm really excited to see kind of what comes back. And then after that, it's, it's offer time. So we'll see, we'll see how that goes. But, uh, that's been, um, Mm. that's been a big part of what's been going on in my life as far as development stuff has been concerned. The other thing we've been having to deal with is, um, man, it seems like every day pops up a new ransomware thing. Have you guys seen any of that over there? It seems like in the U S at least, man, there's ransom. I mean, everywhere it's happening everywhere, but it's just like all over the place. It's like the scourge of the internet these days. Yeah, nothing nothing I've noticed specifically here. Like we heard about the oil pipeline over there yep. and there was something some other big thing. There's a meat packing uh, facility, was, I think, yeah. Yeah, the meat packing facility and things like that. It's just it's wild that that kind of stuff can happen. Um but I don't think we're really we've we don't really have any targets big enough for that for that to be a problem. Yeah. At at the moment, you know, not to say it hasn't happened in in smaller places and things like that, but yeah, it's certainly um it's wild that you know it's at that level where the and you know just taking down entire like huge industry like shutting down a meatpacking plant yeah. like that can really disrupt things and and it's weird reading the 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 posturing of the of the groups behind it they're like oh no you know we don't, we don't want to do anything that's going to be like detrimental to people we you know with the money that we take we give back to you know there's <laughs> robin hood kind of yeah, stuff right, and it's right. like but really what to what end, you know, are you doing this really? And, you know, being paid by f- bad actors and, and foreign actors and things like that. The, the, like that was, there was the connection there, wasn't it? They oh, Russian something. Narrow it down yeah, to they Russians, said it was, yeah. They said it is. I mean, mm. yeah, who knows, right? Who knows? I think that's the assumption yeah. or that's what they kind of found. But yeah, I don't know exactly. So um, we've had a couple crazy things, which is why like when I say like development stuff, that's kind of what's going on is hiring another developer because literally it's been fire to fire mm. we had that flood i was talking about well, last flood week flood. yeah flood <laughs> and then we had now this like stuff that we're prepping for with ransomware so we had a um we had a sort of like a competitor slash sister company get hit with a ransomware attack and so it was like oh my gosh like it's really close to home now so so we're you know so we're sort of yeah. like okay let's make sure that we're prepared the good news is like we pretty much like we're we've done a lot of stuff now we're a smaller company but we've done a lot of really good stuff to harden our defenses and that's that's the good news and so there's not a ton of stuff that we need to do to uh you know it's not like a, a lot of big changes that we need to make but but that's been con- consuming a lot of my time as well because uh, it doesn't you know mm-hmm. the dev team is really important and like, certainly software we're making is super important but if we don't have the things that we need in order to operate the business it doesn't really matter how how productive or how well organized your uh, your dev team is. Um, so yeah. speaking of that, though, I was curious actually to talk to you a little bit about um, how the process of getting things done happens where you're working at right now. Um, so I'm curious to know, like, do you guys use Jira? Do you guys use issues in GitHub? Do you guys use Basecamp? Like, how do you organize backlogs? How do you prioritize issues? And how do you just generally as a team coordinate and get things done? Um, and I can talk a little bit about how we do that as well. Uh, but I was just curious how you guys do that. And, and if, uh, you know, being at a new place has given you any fresh perspective on, on how that's done. Mm. Uh, we we don't really. 
we we have monday.com and that sort Ooh, of yeah. only got started Interesting. because I started there. So it's kind of very high level. I know that they had Jira. Okay. And and there was like tickets in Jira that they, they brought across into monday.com and there's sort of very high level sort of task descriptions like do this thing or add this thing or whatever. There's no body to any of these tasks. And a lot of that is just from the size of the business. It was like the owner said to the developer, do this thing. And it was kind of implied knowledge that like this is what needs to be done and like just go and do it kind of thing. Sure. So from that perspective, there's there's myself, my my boss, who's the like lead developer, and then there's one other developer and then the owner of the company and one other person kind of dabble in code. Okay. So there, there's not really any strict process or anything around it in terms of that. And so we most of it is just verbal communication. It's like back and forward. I take notes. There's some stuff. We use Rocket Chat over Slack. And so, you know, I get things in there and it's like scrolling back through history and, and that. So I'll, I'll usually grab the stuff and then throw it across into Monday just so that it's all in one place. Yeah. Um. But yeah, not not really anything thought out or structured or scoped or anything like that. What is Rocket Chat? Uh, it's like a open source chat thing. It's like Slack, but self-hosted. Okay. Okay. Interesting. So you guys typically communicate through Slack and or I guess you're working remotely right now, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're working in Slack and then uh, you kind of get have discussions and they're probably even video discussions and things like that where they talk about, hey, here are some needs, here are some felt needs of the business right now and here are some things that we're going to be working on. Mm-hmm. Generally, very rough outline. Here you go. Put this in your list of things yep. to do. And so does that just yep. that just goes into like a backlog in, in Monday? Because you guys don't use GitHub, right? No. No, we're using Bitbucket. Bitbucket, no. okay. Um, okay. Yeah, so it goes into Monday, but Monday is mostly there for my benefit, okay. like just so that I can track stuff. Then the, the rest of us don't, or the rest of the people don't really use it, um, which is like I, I kind of get it from the small business perspective of like don't add what you don't need until you need sure, it. Sure, yeah. Kind of like, you know, just in time. No, that makes sense. Kind of things. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's definitely a little bit more fly by the seat of your pants than than what I'm used to for you know the businesses that I've been at the last few years, but you know it works. It, it helps to keep things agile. If not, you know things can slip through the cracks that way more easily. But it's small enough, and we're in communication often enough that it's not really a big problem. I am um, because we're a voice company. Like we're on the phone all the time. Sure, we don't do a lot of. Well, I, I don't think I've had a single video chat with anyone since I started, but we are on the phone all the time. Like I was on the phone to my boss for two hours this morning. That's I was funny. on the phone with the the owner of the company yesterday for like an hour and a half. And we, we're always on conference calls and things like that and chatting through things. And, and that's, you know, part of it being remote. There is no water call or anything like that. So a lot of it is just like drifting into and out of work conversation. It's just having, you know, someone to talk to, especially now that Ree's back at work. Um, she started back today, two days a week. So yeah, it's just, just a matter of you know having someone to talk to and and uh, having that social aspect of the of the remote work. So it's not just me sitting in my office all day by myself. Yeah, gotcha. So, yeah, it's um so, yeah, but not there's no real structure that like we don't waterfall or agile or anything like that. It's just here is a thing that we need to do. If you have questions, ask. Uh-huh. Take your own notes, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, 
And so you say you're the only one that uses Monday.com. So there's no real visualized uh, hierarchy of priority as far as that's concerned no. with like the leadership or anything. No. Yeah. No, we have for our customers within our customer portal, we have like a feature forum. Okay. And so our customers can come in and have like, here's a suggestion. And then and we've spoken about this before, I think, where they can put in suggestions or they can vote yes. on existing suggestions to, to bump them up the list and kind of things like that. Um, that's not... It, it gives us a finger on the pulse as to what our customers are after, but it's not necessarily the roadmap. There are things on there that have been large enough in scope that it just hasn't been the time or the resourcing to do it. So they kind of just sit in that feature forum. But um, yeah. Interesting. Okay. I've looked at monday.com. I actually have a, let's see. No, it's like, I think the one that my, my other, one of my teams is using is ClickUp. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there's a few of them. There was there was one that, that was a, a sponsor of Laracon online as well. That looked pretty cool. Um, I should probably find them and um, shout them out. Yeah. So how do we? How do you do that now? Even I oh, log in. It's the Laracon website has been um, yeah updated. Yeah, they uh, they update it every year, or whatever. And it is nice to be able to log in and kind of look back. And that's where you can get all the videos and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to go digging around in some Vimeo or YouTube spot. You just go back to the Laracon online mm-hmm. and log in, and there you have it. Yeah. So we've tried to. Right now, I currently run three teams. I run creative, marketing creative slash marketing around the dev team and then around the IT teams. And so you can imagine between those three things, it gets crazy, pretty crazy, pretty quick. And so we've sort of centralized on Basecamp for right now. So I mm-hmm. have different like teams in Basecamp and then I just have a created, because I was like, I couldn't keep track of everything anymore. I just created to-do lists for each person on each team within a shared team in Basecamp, right? So I'll just have like, this is Aaron's to-dos and this is Anna's to-dos and that's in the creative team. And then we talk through at the beginning of the week on Mondays, we sit down and we say, okay, what are the things that we have for this week? And then we sort of prioritize them, give each of those items a deadline. So like, what can we, what do we think we can get done this week? Add details to any of the stuff that we have that needs to get done or anything that has, that we have questions on. And then I'll check in with them maybe one other time during the week. Um, and then in yep. each person's to-do list, you actually have these ability to do list groupings as well in Basecamp, which is really nice. So you can have like multiple headings inside of a to-do list group. Uh, so we have like working on, and then we have next work, and then we have backlog for each one of these people. Um, and so in creative, that keeps it pretty easy. In IT, we have like two guys who are just like ticket doers. They just do tickets and they just, as tickets come in, they just break, fix, do that. And then I have two other guys who are more like project-based work. And so for those guys, we do like a six-week cycle, similar to how uh, they do with like Shape Up, right? So we'll have like a two-week yeah. planning cycle where we just sit down every day and for like an hour and a half, we'll just go through a list of like, here are things that need to be done. And then we'll sort of shape them out and say like, what's... Because honestly, with IT, I have no idea. Like most of the stuff I do, yeah. I don't know <laughs> enough. So I just ask them like, okay, what do we think this is going to take? And then like, give me an amount of time that it's going to take. And then once that two-week planning mm-hmm. cycle is done, we'll have chunked out, here's what work we think we can get done in six weeks. And then we will plan that out to the day on each of those items with some room, extra room. And then we, we press the go button and then hold them accountable to those deadlines, which works really well. So basically, my job is to just coordinate the planning and then to make sure that it gets executed in the time that it needs to get executed in and that make they sure they have the resources. Um, then I get to spend the rest of my time, which is, you know, whatever's left, 
uh, on dev stuff, which is, which is good. And we use a similar, uh, similar thing, but I have like my own list in there, which is like to shape. So I have like requests that come down from all the meetings that I'm in. And then I, it's my job to basically shape those out. So there's enough information in there for the developers to, to get to work on it. Right. And so Wilbur Powery is no longer full-time contractor at, at Wilbur, but he does still, he does still do work for us like on the side. So between him and my other developer, Michael, um, I, I basically shape those up for him and then they become GitHub issues. And I link those up in their to-do lists once they're shaped and then we go through the review process and all that. So Basecamp has worked pretty well for us, actually. Um, it's nice to like have a central spot. The problem with like managing multiple teams is you got to find a spot where you can put everything, right? So uh, before that, mm-hmm. it was GitHub, and we just use like GitHub. Uh, you know, GitHub has like its own to-do lists and projects and things like that and issues and whatever. But they don't have, you know, my creative team and my IT team aren't on GitHub. And so it doesn't make sense to keep it all in there. So I had to kind of find like a, where's, where's the next place I can put it? And Basecamp is so reasonably priced. It just made sense mm-hmm. to try and try and jam it in there first. And it's worked pretty well. So there are certainly like pitfalls, but I mean, Basecamp is just so accessible, right? I mean, it's literally like, I can't remember how much it is. I feel like it's like a hundred bucks a year or something silly like that. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. It I mean, yeah. it's so cheap. It's just not, you know. It's just like nothing. And so now, basically, mm-hmm. since I've gotten those three teams on it, uh, those three teams cover a lot of or collaborate with a lot of other people in the company. And so now almost the entire company is on Basecamp, like in one form or another, right? Like even if they're not in it all day, that's where they do a lot of the coordinating of their different projects is in Basecamp. And so that's been kind of nice too, because before that, it was just kind of all over. So Because we uh, we're like a Microsoft office. So, you know, there's... Um, you know, they've got SharePoint and they've got to-do lists in Microsoft as well and like emails and Teams and all that stuff. And so information would just get scattered all over the place. And so it basically was like, all right, if you want to work with our teams, one of our teams, you have to use Basecamp. And so that's been really nice, actually. Um, it's been a mm-hmm. been a good tool for us. So yeah, that's kind of how we're doing things right now. And um, I don't know. I was just curious to hear if you guys had a process that's different that felt you felt like worked better for you. But sounds like not. Sounds like not. We certainly, I mean, the process is that there isn't really a process Uh and, uh, you know, that works for us at the moment when it's kind of just really three of us developing. So it's like, you know, do this thing uh, and, and, and then move on to the next thing and things, there's no, like, I don't necessarily know what the roadmap is going forward. Yeah, for sure. Um, In, in terms of like the bigger picture Mm -hmm. at the moment, it's it's kind of like siloed off and like do these little bits and pieces, which is, which is okay. Like it's only six months in to, to being there. So not expecting to have a huge. Totally. It's not like they're going to trust uh, you with the keys um, to the kingdom six months in. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's, that's, that's all right. I know that you like to look at all the new and shiny things as they come out. I, I, do. I feel like you're the, the person most likely to find some random <laughs> thing <laughs> like oh this looks interesting <laughs> yes. uh, as you did earlier today on telegram yes. did you have you seen the new the new github issues stuff that, i have that looks... I've, I've got it yeah I, I did the whole are you got access to it yeah i believe i do i i need to double check that but i'm quite sure i do and now now that you said that i forgot about it i had forgotten about it until mm. now um tj yeah. miller and i were I don't actually know that just talking about that too we said like I, I was like oh new shiny and then i was like i'll forget about this by the next time i need to use it he's like yeah for sure yeah yeah um, it, it looks, it certainly looks interesting. Um, it, it depends on how all encompassing it is. Like, I don't use GitHub in my day to day. It's kind of just 
like them ping me that I'm using in some open source stuff, but it's not really a big part of, of my day to day. But it would be nice to sort of have some structure around the issues. Like the, the things that we that that we open up in then ping me is kind of like this is just here as like a reminder of something to work on later as opposed to having any kind of structure to it. And I've got like three or four things on the go at the moment in there that I just never have time to start. I never ha- well, I have plenty of time to start, I never have any time to finish and that I'd like to push out a new uh, set of features at some point when I can ever get them all done. So um, it, it'd be interesting at least to have a look at that new issue stuff. I know that there's been a bit of furor in the in the community lately of people like disabling issues and moving to discussions and things like that, which which is interesting. I, I kind of get it because people just open an issue, whether it's an right. issue or not. They won't right. fill out the issue template or they won't do any investigation or they're just looking for support. So they go to the, the issue. Like issue is probably a bad name for what it is and that's where the discussions kind of comes in is a little bit better. And then a discussion can be promoted to an issue if, if it's been found it to actually be a problem. But just having like that project management thing, I think that's kind of a little bit lacking. I know that GitHub has milestones and things like that, but having having the better overview. Oh, they had an issue board, didn't they? They had yeah, it did. Like you yeah. could have project boards, yeah, projects, yeah. yeah. So you'd have so. you could have projects, and then basically what you could do is you could group issues into like a Kanban board style. You could, you know, you could have it for a particular repo or you could have it for your entire like organization right you could just have different projects across your organization and we did do that for a while too that worked that worked for a bit we we still do that with what we call fix it fridays so we try and have like any issues that come in that are like break fix stuff that are like for development team uh if they're not emergencies then what we do is we throw them into a fix it friday list and then those get prioritized each week on like thursday we'll try and prioritize those for a friday and then we fix them on friday i say that the mm-hmm. the people who work with me who are listening to this are gonna be like we don't freaking do that we haven't done that and like yeah we try <laughs> that's the mm-hmm. goal right that is the goal uh is to have that that idea of fix it friday which i think works really good in concept um so you like basically you know, you work on um, in enhancements and features in Monday through Thursday, so you can really stay focused on that, mm-hmm. and then let those bugs kind yeah. of push to Friday, and then you work on bugs all Friday. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But when everything's on fire, every day is fix it Friday. That's so. right. Exactly <laughs> correct. So we try and make that not be the case, but it unfortunately on, mm-hmm. on, on occasion it does happen. Right on occasion. Um, yeah. So yeah. it is what it is. Uh, the it's it was Tara was the the sponsor of Laracon Tara dot AI. That was the I, I I signed up for it. Oh ah, yes, like I signed up for this too. Access, but I didn't really do too much to it. So, um, it allows you to hook into GitLab and GitHub and and integrate with Slack and switch over from Trello and Asana and things like that. So, uh, it, it certainly looks nice, but you know, there's no point in me spinning up this this thing for my own. Like, I'm not running daily standups for my own projects. Like you and I. We'll talk about then ping me like once a month when I'm like, hey, I opened this feature, this feature, and this feature, yeah. and then we kind of forget about it for another month because time just flies by that quickly at the moment. So, yeah, and it's not really something that that I'm going to get into where I'm working now. So it'd be cool for like freelance stuff maybe to to shove things in there and at least give clients an overview of what's happening. But most of the stuff that I'm doing now isn't big enough to warrant that kind of overhead so yeah makes sense again like for me mm. like base camp seems like the resolution i need right now like if i need more resolution it's probably going to live in another tool so like 
you know, like I have, I have Basecamp, but then it's like if there's like feedback needed on the design or something, it might be in Dropbox. And then if there's like, you know, feedback needed on a, on a commit, it's going to be in GitHub. Um, and then IT, mm-hmm. they have their own ticketing system. So it's like the resolution, the resolution I need just to establish priorities and kind of keep my like brain on like what's going on, on, on the different teams. It works fine in Basecamp. And then the rest of the actual work is done somewhere else, but that's more just like where I keep track of priorities and and uh, deadlines and things like that so but yeah i mean mm-hmm. there's there's so many i mean there's a myriad of tools right i know that I, monday has been a big one i've seen over the last couple of years so i don't know maybe i'll maybe i'll look at that a little bit as well as uh as i kind of look to continue to develop the the way that we do things here if, if yeah. nothing else like if, if, yeah for nothing else it's like it's good to get into those other things just to get ideas around how they do things and then you find mm-hmm. some interesting things and you can adopt those into your process right um, yeah. So that's cool. I did have one other item for you. One other question. So you mm-hmm. guys have, do you guys have like a self help portal for your users? Yeah, we have. It's uh, it's actually nicely built. It um, it backs onto Confluence. So that oh my gosh, yes. Stuff. I was going to the thing I was going to ask you about was Confluence because I've never used it before, but I was recently on a site that for a vendor that we use. And I was looking through a docs and I was like, these are really good. And I was like, this is mm-hmm. written using Confluence. Or this is, you know, kind of in Confluence. So what yeah. are your thoughts on that? Like, how have you liked using it? Uh, like, it works pretty pretty fine. It means that your technical people or even non-technical people, you know, they can just go and write an FAQ into Confluence and then it just becomes part of the knowledge base. So we, I, I don't know the exact specifics of it, but broadly speaking, we have an API that goes into Confluence and just does like search within Confluence and Confluence will spit back out whatever that content is and we just display it on the on the website. So it, it just saves you from having to build the actual knowledge base aspect of it. And Confluence, you know, it's built for that despite not being the nicest authoring process from my experience. You know, there's no... Mark- oh, I think they've got Markdown now or there's okay. Markdown by a plugin or something, but most of it's that horrible WYSIWYG editor that is not very intuitive. Like it's more wiki syntax than it is markdown. Okay. But um yeah, like it works really well. Can you paste uh, and in we like expose... can you paste in like images and stuff really easily? Uh yes, like GitHub style where you can just kind of like images... drop an image in there, you know, screen snap or you know, grab a grab a yeah, screen just, drop it in. Yeah, all of it just gets yeah, you just drag and drop into the into the WYSIWYG editor and confluence and and that all works well enough. Um but it's it's nice cuz we expose that knowledge base publicly like it's on our public website and then we've got the same api that we use for the knowledge base within our customer portal and we use it within our own internal tooling as well so it's it's you know right once use everywhere kind of thing which is which is really handy it's um yeah it's it's really well done that's what i'm curious about is like i don't feel like and i actually have heard we've got like two or three different products in our company um i say products i mean internal applications that we've built sort of the handle knowledge base stuff so we've got um, like a document library where like if there's a document mm-hmm. that's needing to be like saved somewhere, it's uh, we basically wrote our own version history for it as well. So it saves every version that was ever made. And then you can have basically a little change message that goes along with it. And you can see who did it and when it was you know updated and all that stuff, as well as download all the previous versions. It will auto convert like docs to like a docx file, like a Word docx file to like a PDF and then unstore it in S3. And then it will up like if it will look at the last person who updated it, and if it hasn't been updated in six months, it'll notify them to say like, "Hey, this might be out of date. You might want to check this." Or if somebody updates it 
and it wasn't the person who created it or who last updated it and notifies mm-hmm. them, hey, you know, Jake updated your document sort of deal. So we've got some custom things built into it. But then we have other places like where, which is like Wilbur University, where they store some information. Then we have another spot called Icebox, where it's like for the ice adjuster teams. And it's like, so there's like three or four different places and they're fine, but the, everybody's like, where, where, where's like the central place? Like, it feels like there's five different places we keep stuff. And so I was curious if something like Confluence wouldn't be a good solution to something mm-hmm. like that, where, you know, but the, but the other problem is like, it seems like permissions, you have to pay a freaking arm and a leg to get permissions on this thing. Like to be able to restrict yeah. people to only be able to write or, you know, only be able to read and, and then have other people be able to write. So that's the other thing is it's like, you end up paying like, you know, eight grand a year, something crazy like that mm-hmm. for the number of users yeah. that you have in order to be able to have any sort of permission ability. So I don't know. It's mm-hmm. like, I don't know. I'm not sure if it's worth it or not or if I, if I can come up with some sort of crazy mm-hmm. other way to do it. I'm not sure. Yeah, like definitely looking at using something that, that is responsible for writing, you know, for knowledge storage and then writing an API over the top of that that talks to it. And that way you can filter down what is what is you know, spat out through Confluence. You know, you don't have to worry about having you know, fifty licenses, or whatever. You just have the people that are writing it, and then everyone else can consume it mm-hmm. via that API that you've oh, written. Interesting. Expose okay. the search. Yeah. So, and and that's what we do. Um, we we have our own like API that sits over the top of it. So it does the search. It does the results. We format it on our website however we want, and we go from there. Nice. Interesting. Okay. I like that. Actually, um, that's mm-hmm. really interesting. Okay, cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna write that yeah. down as an item for me to take a look into. Give it a crack. Nice. All right, man. Well, right. hey, listen. I gotta, yeah, I was gonna I say run. we're uh, we're we're at our our time limit. So, hey, next time we're on, we're probably gonna have Aaron. Is it Francis? Aaron Francis? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Aaron Francis. Yeah, he is the author of uh, Sidecar, which is a really freaking cool package that basically allows you to put your lambdas, uh, your AWS lambdas, inside a version control and then dispatch them from within your Laravel app. So you basically create a class uh, in Laravel and then you have a location of the script, which is like the node that you want to run as a lambda. And then whenever you're wanting to do that, you just in your app call like sidecar colon colon the name of the class or something like that or invoke. I can't remember exactly what it is. And it'll kick off that Lambda. You can pass arguments to it and all sorts of stuff. And it's really, really amazing. So uh, we're going to talk to him a little bit about that and excited to have him on the show. So that will be awesome. So make sure you tune in for that next time. This was episode 99. Actually, that's going to be episode 100. Uh, We might have to push to 101. I'll record it anyway. (laughs) (laughs) We might have to have a uh, 100th episode uh, just you and me, and then 101 episode would be Aaron as the first, uh, you know, first guest in uh, after our centennial. Okay. Having said that, this was episode 99. You can find show notes for this episode at northmeetsouth.audio slash 99. Hit us up on Twitter at Jacob Bennett, at Michael Dorinda, or at North South Audio. And of course, as always, rate us up in your podcatcher of choice. Five stars would be very much appreciated. Have a wonderful, wonderful week, my friends, and we will see you on the interwebs. We'll catch you next time. See you later. Bye. Bye.